We all owe them, but very few of us know them. They are the men and women of our military and first responder communities. And these are their stories. American Warrior Radio is on the air. Welcome to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ben Bueller Garcia. Studies have shown the average person experiences two to three truly traumatic moments in their lives. Now, your average law enforcement officer, on the other hand, can experience 700 traumatic events over the course of a 20-year career. No one calls 911 when things are going great. Last time I did a ride-along with our local police department, we went from call to call to call to call. There was no breaks. And many of those calls, we were dealing with fellow citizens in a pretty bad time in their lives. In college, I did an internship with the Public Defender's Investigative Division. One crime scene that is seared in my mind involved a murder with a knife in a kitchen with an all-white tile floor. I will never forget that. Now, as a society, we've made some progress in supporting our first responders, and there's some excellent programs out there to support them, but suicide is still the leading cause of death for police officers. Today, we're going to talk with a law enforcement officer who took a decidedly different route to seek catharsis for the situations he encountered on the job. He has over two decades of experience in law enforcement and is also a nationally trained stand-up comedian. Commander Vinny Montes, welcome to American Warrior Radio. Hey, so Vinny, I leave the house, jump in my Subaru, and drive down to the studio. Yeah. Were you hit by a Subaru or a child, or what is the what is the fascination there? <laughs> I don't know. It's just where I grew up, uh, Bully, Colorado. A lot of people drive a Subaru, and so they're very good people. I got nothing against them, but they're always in the fast lane, blocking the fast lane, you know, doing 10 miles underneath the speed limit, 10 and 2, right there, hands at 10 and 2. The rest of us are trying to get to where we need to go, and they're just in their own little world. So just being from Boulder and seeing the Subaru Nation very large here, I just tend to poke fun at it because why not? Hey, Vinny, I got to tell you, that that resonates. I, I bet you listeners in almost any community that hear this broadcast will say, yep, he's exactly right on those. Uh, let's back up a little bit. You currently serve, like I said, you're a commander with the Boulder County Sheriff's Office there in Colorado. That's not classified. That is correct. And your dream of being a cop went all the way back to, to being a kid. And I, you talk, and I've seen some interviews where you just talk about your mom and dad and just what wonderful, hardworking people they were and how they instilled lots of great values in you. Was there something about your childhood growing up that you, I mean, there, was there one police officer you met and you looked up to and said, that's what I want to be when I grow up? Well, you know, I never really had any interactions as a young kid with police officers that I could really recall. Except my mom let me watch TV, and there was this duo by the name of Ponch and John and Chips. And uh, I watched them go out and interact with the community and help people. And for some reason, every episode that I watch, I really don't think I ever saw, like, any of the THP officers take out their gun, but they were always talking to people. And yet they had the most harrowing action that you can imagine, but they always, you know, were cutting up behind the scenes and, Ponch was always getting into trouble, and that was kind of like I saw myself as that character. I just really enjoyed it, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go try to get involved, and I found my entry into law enforcement through being the law enforcement explorer at the age of 14. Yeah, and they had perfect hair, too. Yeah, they had perfect hair. I used to have hair. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm aerodynamic, that's for sure. So the, tell me a little bit about the law enforcement, the explorers program. Are those pretty common throughout the country with local departments if there's other young people that want to test the waters? You know, I know the numbers. Back when I was around, I became the National Youth Chairman in 1994, so I actually represented, at the time, about 50,000 law enforcement explorers in the United States, and I think there was something around, like, maybe 2,500 posts 
throughout the country, and I know they are pretty much in every state. Some posts are uh, probably average size, like my post was by 10, the, the most 20 members at one time. And then you get posts like in California where each division and some of the bigger agencies have a post at each of the stations. And so they have a lot more people. U.S. Customs has a huge, at least the used to, huge contingent of law enforcement explorers. So it's great. It's And, it, and I tell people, like, they get into the program now because I still help oversee our cadet program. We call it cadets instead of explorers, but it's the same thing. It's anonymous. But nonetheless, it, it's a great opportunity for young people to get involved and to learn life lessons and to, you know, learn responsibility, how to interact with people. And I think today, with today's day and age, it's really a good concept for people that are future going to go into law enforcement because a lot of things with technology and young people being wrapped up in phones at times, this gives them a good set of interaction skills that they need to really develop in order to be effective in law enforcement. I think that's one of the things that I see in law enforcement today is people are having a hard time making decisions and when they're starting into this field and, you know, having that ability to just interact spontaneously with people and all of which I think is just coveted skills that you really need to have honed in when you're going to be in law enforcement. Now, Vinny, folks, if they visit your website, Montez with a Z, dot com, they will see your, your touring schedule. You're bouncing around all over the, the country. A lot of what you're doing is fundraisers for military and, and law enforcement charities, which I think is great. But you first started, kind of dipped your toe in the water with regard to comedy in 2007, but then something happened in 2008 that really sort of flipped the circuit breaker for you. Yeah. When I first started law enforcement, you're so excited. You're well, some of the trends that I remember people describing me as is gung ho, overzealous. You know, I told you I really took after that punch character. My heart was in the right place. I always wanted to be involved, but you know, maybe took it over the top a little bit. You're always when you're a young person and you're just starting out of this job, especially when you first become an officer. I think you're excited to get into the action and get involved, and you really don't realize because when I was coming up, I got sworn in in 1998 as an actual deputy. Uh, you know, nobody really had that talk with me about, hey, kid, you want to watch your mental health? You, you know, you got to be open about that. And we didn't have those talks. Uh, it was more of the culture back then of compartmentalizing things. Uh, nobody ever, like, really, you know, had these conversations in any way, shape, or form. But the way I looked at it is anything that you were dealing with that you were struggling with, you compartmentalized it. I didn't want anybody around me that I worked with thinking that I was not capable of dealing with the things that I was encountering. You know, we really never talked about that. And a lot of people would tell me, hey, you're burning the candle at both ends. I think those are the things that I heard. Or, hey, maybe you're working too much. And uh, even when our new sheriff took over right after maybe I was four years in, you know, he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, there's this book by Dr. Kevin Gilmartin called Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement. And he's like, you know, you need to make sure you pay attention to this. And, of course, I knew better being a 20-some-year-old. And, you know, I'm like, who's this guy to tell me? But, you know, I'm, I'm totally got this. And, of course, lo and behold, I get to 2008. I've been a cop for 10 years. I'm off 319. I come across this accident in the canyon uh, where there's no cell phone coverage. Young teenager has crashed his car on the side of the road. It's not significantly bad, but he's got agonal breathing, and we eventually get him out of the car, and I'm able to get these young people to help me get him out of the car, but not after learning that there's some type of gun involved in the situation. And I'm worried the whole time because I identified myself as a police officer, but, you know, I had to focus on this kid. And we end up working on him, and the kids weren't doing anything nefarious. Turns out with the gun, they just had that, but they were real worried they were going to get in trouble. But nonetheless, finally medical gets there, and the sergeant got there, one of the guys I grew up with and still works as a fellow commander now, and pulls me off with this kid. He puts me in his car, and I'm just sitting there, and there's a Starbucks in the center console that he had bought, and I'm covered in blood and just trying to figure out what, you know, had just happened. And 
I started drinking this coffee to kind of just calm myself down. I was overcome by emotion. I, I simply put, I was just, I started crying and I never lost control like that on anything that I'd ever been on. And I really made me reflect really hard about where I was in my career and where I was in my life. And I had dabbled in comedy at that point, but I really got serious after that because I needed to separate my personal life, which was basically non-existent, from my cop life. And then you really develop on working on actually being a regular human being instead of just being this person at work all the time. And all the lessons that people try to tell me, unfortunately, we know kids get told, don't touch the hot stove, don't touch the hot stove. Well, I was basically that kid that had to touch the hot stove and see the other side of it. And I started going to counseling, which I tried the EAP, the employee assistance programs. That didn't work for me because I was seeing psychologists that really had no idea to relate to law enforcement. As a matter of fact, while I was talking to them, I could see their expressions on their face because they were kind of disgusted by some of the things I was talking about. And it really made turn me off because I just didn't feel like I could relate to these people. And it wasn't until I got to see this group called Jimmy Brower and Associates who are psychologists, but really for first responders. Their clinicians have people that really understand the work that law enforcement does, and not only just cops, but firefighters, dispatchers, corrections people. And I really started digesting and discovering about who I was and what I was. And then that stigma for me over a period of time, it didn't happen right away, but I started getting stronger and getting more courage to just be able to talk about myself. Ready? Hold that thought because I want to come back and cover that after the commercial break. A lot of people don't get it, and I see this a lot with Special Forces folks, too, is, you know, they're really, and that might be a dark sense of humor, but there's definitely a sense of humor back there, and I think that's what people need to do to understand the people that wear the badge. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Ben Bueller-Gursey. We're talking with Vinny Montez. We'll be right back. Welcome back to American Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ben Bueller Garcia. We're talking with Vinny Montez. Vinny has, uh, I want to say, Vinny, 22 years now experience in law enforcement. 25 as a deputy in law enforcement, yeah. So I got a question. Do you ever see, there's a guy on YouTube, it's a series called Fridays with Frank. Does that ring a bell? I haven't seen that, but I'll check it out. He's a a deputy up in, uh, in Pima County. He's on the traffic patrol division, and they, they've got a camera following around like cops, but it's all traffic stops, and some of the stuff he encounters, the way he deals with people, is just hilarious. And oh, uh, it, you, you might be able to find some stuff there. And then we were talking about how you found comedy as an outlet to, as a catharsis, as a way to kind of deal with the things you encounter in, in your, your daily duties. And I, I thought I wanted to be a police officer, and, and I decided that I just didn't have the, the patience for that. And so I, I, I guess maybe you have a, a, a certain sensitivity to that. But kind of coming back to it, well, just to give you, a, you were talking about how the, that, that breaking point in, in 2008. Since then, there's been a lot of difficult times for law enforcement generally across the country. Uh, you know, the protests, sure. the riots, the defund. And you posted a, a video on your Facebook page. It was called You Don't Know Me. You posted on Facebook June 20th, 2020. It's got, last I checked this morning, 3.2 million views, 11,000 comments. Tell us about what you were expressing in that video, because it really resonated with me. You know, that was right after George Floyd. And bringing it back home, you know, locally, we were seeing all the media that was going on nationally, and things were happening here locally that were uh, frustrating me. And 
you know, you really can't, you know, go about attacking anybody or, you know, getting unprofessional, but you have to have a communicate in a way that people will uh, let you tell your story. So I figured, like, how can I communicate what I'm feeling about this frustration? Because it's not all of us. And you don't know me just simply says you don't know Vinny Montez. You don't know, you know, the other deputies and personnel that I work with who are really doing the best job they can every single day out here. And so it was a way for me, like, if you listen to the words that I say, which obviously you have, I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just talking about my experience. You know, you don't know me and the things that I've done. And then at the end, I encourage everybody to get to know the local law enforcement because anytime something happens, you know, like it happened in Minneapolis or any other part of the country, there's this stigma and this characterization, like all law enforcement is the same and all of them are bad or all of them are terrible. Sometimes that's the way it feels. So I was able to put this video together and I just really was grateful that my sheriff trusted me to put that out there and um, do it publicly. And again, like I did attack anybody just with talking how it felt. And I think it really resonated with a lot of people that were in EMS, first responder services, not just police officers and sheriff's deputies, who really wanted to say some of the same things, but it's hard to like get those words together. And that's not like right off the top of my head. I crafted those words very specifically for my heart to say what I wanted to say. And I was just glad that it created a conversation for people to hear the other side. And I think the most um, support I got from it was from fellow law enforcement that just wanted to say the same thing. And it even attracted media attention, but just to resonate, you know, what, what is the other side of it? And I think that's all of us. We just want to say it's, hey, it's not all of us. They're doing bad out there. There's a lot of us doing good. And it really made me feel good, honestly, to just see that response, to know that I was able to represent what a lot of people were thinking uh, behind the scenes. Well, it's very powerfully done. I congratulations. And that's something that, yeah, that's part of the reason we do this show is people, I mean, in my day job, Vinny, like you, I've got a weekend gig, if you will. Um, you know, I'm a lobbyist. And, you know, public hearings can get a little sporty. But my wife doesn't worry about me coming home safe, you know, at night. And just what people don't recognize that when you put on, you know, the badge, there there's a, a human being back there. And I, it sounds stupid to even have to explain that to people, but it's I'm guessing it's a, a real issue out there on a regular basis. Um, tell, let's back up again because I do want to mention your your parents and just the values they brought you up with again because that I think that is part of the reason Vinnie Montes has been so successful not just as a, a police officer, but frankly, some of your comedy on stage. I mean, you were raised in the era of the Chancla. Yes, I was. And my <laughs> mom is still going strong. She's 78 now, just had her birthday. And she, you know, she wasn't afraid to call like she saw it. And she, like a lot of other parents in the United States, just, uh, I come, I went to my third or fourth generation Mexican in the United States. And um, my mom just wanted to see her two sons have a better life. And she provided opportunity for me to go to schools that were good and to, you know, really have people invest in me growing up. And she let me go into the cadet program, the explorer program, and really develop. And But there was always this sense of family behind all of that. And uh, my mom is truly, like, uh, I don't know how to explain it other than ride or die. Like, she is my number one fan. And my dad was, too. Um, I lost my dad, tragically, cancer. And, uh 1999 January and uh, my dad was a huge influence on me um, from a young kid because he has I, well I should say I have attributes of his personality very gregarious took him 20 minutes to leave any a public event or with family or anything like that because he had to talk to everybody shake everybody's hand 
uh, we called it Sully Tamales. My mom always be like, you know, where's your dad? And I'm like, oh, he's over there, Sully Tamales. And it was just a way for us to say, you know, he took forever to leave somewhere. Um, but he always made people feel good and people felt good about being around him. And I, I think those are things that I really enjoy in my stand-up comedy career is when I make people laugh, people are like, man, I can't believe you do stand-up comedy. And I'm like, yeah. And like, well, why did you do it? And I'm like, it's so much fun for me when I see people laughing and take them out of the reality for a short period of time, mm. especially law enforcement and EMS personnel to get to laugh, especially with everything that's been going on over the last several years. And that, that gives back to me and, um, it's now become ability where I, you know, been able to travel all over and share that with people. And I pick a few events a year that I do uh, for charity, like you were mentioning, um, to help out, whether it's for law enforcement. And we're getting ready to do one in Detroit for Call for Backup, which is a, um, a group that helps to provide law enforcement access to when they're struggling and call somebody to help them get through the tough times. And again, for, you know, try to remove, um, law enforcement deaths as being number one by, you know, taking their own hand. We lose three times the amount of officers every year to their own hand than we do in actual line of duty deaths. And, uh, you know, that's important. Well, I'll just tell you what, uh, I want to talk more about your time on stage because clearly your your mom finds her way into your routine. Some of the interesting things you encounter on the job find their way into their routine. And, and frankly, I mean, you don't have to be a law enforcement officer to appreciate Benny's comedy. It, it's just, I'm telling you folks, this guy is is really, really funny. And Benny, we've got listeners all across the country. I just want to, uh, uh, obviously our, our folks on our Colorado Springs stations, you do regular gigs up around the Colorado area. They can find those listed at VinnyMontez.com. For our folks in Salt Lake, you're doing a special event there October 13th in Provo. Uh, our Ohio listeners, there's two actually law enforcement centered events, December 2nd in Champaign, December 9th in Dublin. And then for our Southern Arizona listeners, you've got a special event coming up September 10th at the Fox Theater. Uh, it's a Sunday night. And then uh, November 18th, you'll be down at Fort Huachuca and Sarah Vista doing an event with the Gary Sinise Foundation, a first responder military run. Uh, again, folks, you can find more. Check it that out at VinnyMontez.com. And it, it clearly lists on the website, Vinny, whether that's a private event or a public event. Yeah? Yeah, the uh, Salt Lake event, people can get tickets to. That's a... Uh... We're actually filming my second special with Dry Bar that night. Um, and then uh, the Huachuca is, I think it's going to be for the military personnel. And I don't know exactly how the access is going to be on that, so I can't speak to it. But I'm definitely going to be down there um, with uh, some other people entertaining the troops. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Ben Bueller Garcia. More with Betty Montez when we come right back. Welcome back to America Warrior Radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ben Bueller-Garcia, having a great chat with Vinny Montez. Vinny is a 25-year veteran of law enforcement and also just really has become very successful with a stand-up comedy career. He's traveling all over the country. You can learn more. Visit VinnyMontez.com. I mean, I hang out with a lot of cops. Obviously, we have a lot of law enforcement on, on the show. But I, I've always wanted to ask this question, and I figure I'd better ask you because I'm outside of your jurisdiction right now, and I probably can't get in too much trouble. Is is popo derogatory or considered that derogatory by the men and women who wear the badge, or is it just one of them things? Uh, you know, I don't take offense to that. I think I've heard, I've heard police officers say, you know, I'm the popo police officer. I, I just think it's a nickname like uh, cop, 
copper cop comes from the copper buttons mm-hmm. uh, from back in the day in England when they had coppers. Uh, they used to call coppers because they had those copper buttons and stuff. But I just think it's uh, I, I don't find it offensive in any way, shape, or form. We get called a lot of names. People call me the Popo. I think that's probably better than <laughs> many many of the other things they could call us. That's fine. Or, I even use that in my stand-up comedy because I just think it's funny. You know, I, I have a bit where I talk about uh, you know these two kids that are fighting at college and I show up and the fight's gone and like these two kids are there and this kid text message Jimmy call me Popo but it's done in you know a way that's you know fun and friendly and yeah man and the other thing about me is you gotta have thick skin if you're gonna be a police officer you gotta have thick skin so there's not much that's gonna offend me or hurt my feelings I so Vinny I uh, I did two years at the county hold on hard pause let me rephrase that I worked two years out at the county jail in the pretrial release program and on graveyard shifts on the weekends. And there yep. were two nights, two holidays, where you would, I mean, the crazy would come out in buckets. Halloween sure. and St. Patrick's Day. And I could never, you, you think oh, yeah. you think New Year's maybe, but St. Patrick's Day. And the only thing I could figure is there's something wrong with that green stuff they're sticking in the beer. What I mean, what what is your favorite, as far as your material, for stand-up material, what's your favorite yeah. po holiday? You know, I, I talk about on stage, I talk about Halloween, you just never know what you're going to see. Um, you know, I talk about there being a lady that I encountered that was a loofah on the side of the road. And, you know, sorry, a, a what? A loofah. You know, like you wash yourself with a loofah. Like the shower thing? And Yeah, the shower thing, man. Okay. I, you know, I, and so you never know what you're going to see. And I tell people all the time, if you go to your local booking, like you were saying on Halloween night, I mean, you could see Bert and Ernie sitting next to each other, or Cinderella, Batman. You know, they got from Scream with no, like, machete or anything like that, just the black robe. Those things are always uh, crazy. And and even more than that, I actually worked at patrol as a reserve for, like, half a year. And I went through the FTO program, and I graduated, and I was like, I'm ready to take a full-time job. And I'm like, ah, no. You need to go to the jail, kid, and get some more life experience. Of course, I knew more than they did. And I ended up going to the jail, and I worked there for almost three years. But I remember I worked there in 1999 into 2000 in Y2K. And, like, you know, everybody was going out and buying sardines and water and everything like that. And we had, like, the most staff I've ever seen us have on in the jail. And then, of course, nothing happened, right? So when you plan for things to happen, oftentimes they don't. It's when you least expect it are the things, like you were saying, Halloween and St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it gets a little crazy out there. I'm guessing there's, there's about, now that you're particularly into this, and then I don't know where you find the time to do your, your regular job and then also the stand-up. I mean, your, your travel schedule is pretty amazing, but... Are you finding now that that's become more of a regular part of, of Vinny Montez? Do you ever get in situations, Vinny, where you're out there on the street on patrol, you know, doing your cop job, and somebody does something that's just so dumb or, or hilarious that you want to switch over to Vinny Montez, a stand-up comedian, but then say, whoa, hold on, I got a, a body cam on, maybe not a good idea. I do, but I still let my personality come out. And I think that's what lets me be, like, relate to people a lot more. And I guess the best example would be, like, when I'm working events or we're having a big event, like, we're working a football game or, you know, we had Dead and Company come into Colorado and uh, Folsom Field this year, and I worked those Dead and Company events. And I was really able to relate to people a lot because I like to joke around. And sometimes, like, I think cops are a little hesitant to, like, joke with people. And I'm not talking about bad stuff or inappropriate stuff. Just joke with people and not afraid to go at people. People are just people. They just can read situations from doing the stand-up comedy on stage and also be a police officer for as long as I've been. I know who I can joke with and who I can. Sometimes being able to let down that guard because people, I think some pops sometimes will give this standoff 
impression where they're kind of more like subdued and kind of standoffish. And I go right at people. I engage with them. And, uh, you know, even sometimes I find it funny where they're like, oh, my God, do you even know what Instagram is? And they'll give me a hard time. And I'll be like, yeah. But then, and, and all of a sudden, they're like, well, what's your name on Instagram? And they'll look me up. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God, you got 30,000 followers on Instagram. Holy cow. Or you got 175,000 followers on Facebook. And, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. How is that possible? You're a popo. And, you're, you're all, and so all of a sudden, it validates me with them. Yeah, and that's the point. They, now they're looking at you as like a human. Right. Yeah, that's the whole point. It just yeah. show the regular side. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I've obviously seen a lot of your stuff, and I like it. Um, recruiting is across the country now. We talked about the the era we're going through now, and just the real challenge of recruiting. And I know in my local community, the mayor and council have raised the salaries several times now, and that's not helping. It's just it's a bad time or a difficult time to want to convince someone to to go into law enforcement, but. Vinny Montez is a big advocate of the uh, recruiting more millennials to the police force, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I talk about that. I joke about that. You know, we moved in more to the Y generation now than even the millennials because people correct me. They're like, it's not millennials. It's the Y generation. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just joking. Don't get so serious. <laughs> but we are. We're struggling with getting people hired. And I just think I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. A lot of the, lot of the media has really sensationalized the negative side of law enforcement. So people look at this as not a job to go into. And honestly, it's a tough job to go into today. And the people that are coming into it today, you have to take your hat off to them and kind of give them a nod because they're coming into a job that's more complex and more regulated now than it's ever been. And there's a lot of people that expect the law enforcement officers to be out of the wrapper. When I mean, when I say out of the wrapper, they're coming out of the wrapper new out of the academy, be perfect from get-go. And I'll be very specific about this, you know, Every other job, just like policing, you got to make mistakes in order to get good at it. So if you're a baseball player, you know, you got to, you know, make mistakes out on the field. If you're a surgeon, you got to make mistakes, you know. And and I always say this, you want the person operating on you, if you have a heart problem, do you want those people operating on you who are not experienced and have no idea how to do the job because they just came out of medical school? Or do you want that seasoned veteran working on you who's had five or six people with their hard stops on the table. You want those people that have got that experience working on you. And I tell people all the time, people say, you found the police and all this stuff, you know, they've said the path. Well, that's great. You know, I understand people have the right to say what they want, but understand you want veterans out there who really understand and can mentor the younger officers. And for our agency, we have a lot of younger people working uh, on the street, especially at night, and we're trying to teach them. But, you know, there's no such thing as perfection. And the only way to get good at something is by trial and error. And what do they say? It takes 10,000 hours of really strong effort to really become a master of something. And I think that law enforcement is so different. So we got to get these people reps and you got to have the ability to have some leeway to be like, you know, I made a mistake here or maybe I made a mistake there. Of course, we're not talking about, you know, really serious violations or violating people's rights, talking about those things, but just having the grace to uh, make errors. You know, the things that, you know, we can't take back or, you know, if we shoot the wrong person or, you know, we uh, arrest somebody that doesn't need to be arrested. Of course, those are very bad things, but uh, we try to really avoid those things at all costs because any other agency does as well. But we just want people to understand that, you know, there's got to be some latitude to make a you know poor choice on the officer side so they can learn from that mistake and then be better at it for the future. Benny, we've got just about a minute before the next break. Is that Does that also apply to your comedy career? I mean, you had to break in somewhere, and you, you so. Usually the new guy is the first guy up, right? And they give you five minutes to, to become a star. 
But is that so? Oh my God, that is a great point. I've never even thought about that in that way before. That's a great point. You're absolutely right. Yes. So you need to get those reps in as the opener before you become Vinny Montez, the, the headliner, and, and hanging out with the, you know, Paul Rodriguez and those kinds of folks. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You got to get your reps in. I mean, we could spend a little while talking about that. I think that's a great point. I think in the next segment, let let's definitely do that because that you just made me think of a lot of positive things to enact there. Okay. As long as you don't pull over my Subaru, we'll be good friends. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Ben Bueller-Garcia. We're talking to Vinny Montez. He's a more than 25-year veteran of law enforcement, seen a lot of stuff, but he's also just an outstanding and hilarious stand-up comedian. You can find out more at VinnyMontez.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to American Warrior Radio. This is your host, Ben Bueller-Garcia. You're having a great conversation with Vinny Montez. Vinny is a police officer who's also developed a very successful career as a stand-up comedian. He does a lot of charitable work, performs a lot of charities that for military and law enforcement across the country. You can see his schedule. Visit VinnyMontez.com. You can also book him there. I encourage you, if you've got an organization that could use some great entertainment, you know, maybe look in to have, uh, have Vinny come down and and speak with your audience. It's serious stuff, but also pretty pretty hilarious stuff as well. Like Vinny, we we're talking at the break about the the kind of working your way up in the business. I mean, how hard is it to get that first gig? Oh my gosh! Well, it's it's really cool that you asked that. I actually spent ten weeks signing up week after week for Comedy Works downtown Denver, which is one of the world famous Comedy Works uh, club owned by Wendy Curtis. Ten weeks signing up just to get my first two minute newbie set on that stage on a Tuesday night. And they're like, yeah, you're doing okay. We're going to make you a C-set. Sign up. Keep signing up. So from like 2007 all the way to like 2013, I had to sign up every single week in order to get a spot maybe once a month on that stage for your talent. And in the meantime, they're like, you know, you need to go to all these other open mics. And when you start out in comedy, there's no easy way about it. Like nobody just becomes, I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. There's a few select people who don't go to open mics. They're this natural God-given talent. But not Vinny Montez, you know, I remember performing in these crappy dive bars, um, all these places just to do like five or ten minutes of time because nobody knew who you were. And really what started creating time for me is we had some law enforcement personnel. I've had two friends that needed uh, liver transplants and one, my partner's from the drug uh, task force days, the narc days, ended up needing a heart transplant. I was able to do fundraisers for them. Because people are like, well, you do comedy and we start putting these shows together. Mm-hmm. But I look back at that and I go, man, I really did work my way up from the very bottom you know law enforcement is the same way in order to get good at something to get i mean nobody knew who i was nobody knew what i could do and until you prove yourself to people and they see that you're serious about it and you work at that craft you don't get the opportunities that i'm able to do now and i'm very grateful for them and i think that's a really similar you made me think about it's a really similarity to law enforcement i mean in order to get to be a really great officer a great deputy sheriff a great corrections person a great dispatcher a great uh person that does anything in the ems first responder world you got to really work at it to get good at it. Because I know my first three years on the street as a deputy in the patrol, I mean, you kind of have an idea of what you do, but not until about seven years in on the job, do you really have a firm, yeah, maybe I've been to one of every call, and now it's just a variation. It takes time to get that good. And so I, I just try to get that across the people, whether you're in stand-up comedy trying to do this or you're trying to do, you know, your job as a law enforcement officer. 
you're really good. It just takes time and dedication and uh, dedication to the craft. Vinny, I don't know. A lot of people probably don't know this, but a lot of us weekend radio hosts, uh, particularly when you're just getting started, uh, they're not paying us. We're actually paying them. I'm buying the airtime, you know. And is it the same thing in yeah. comedy where they're they're not paying you anything? They're just saying, hey, Vinny, we're doing you a favor by giving you two minutes and a mic. Absolutely. I okay. can't remember. Um, the Jet Blue Hotel in Denver, I think, was the first time I ever made, like, 20 or 40 bucks. And, like, when I got that, I was like, I have arrived. You know, I <laughs> watch out, Will. I am here. And so now to be fast forward to 2023 and able to make, you know, money like I do now and things that I'm able to do now, man, that was no way. But you got to be willing to, I hate to say, you got to be willing to pay your dues. Um, and, you know, some people want to just, you know, be CEO by Friday. I've heard that term used before. It, it just doesn't happen that way. Only a very few select people that are really lucky and fortuitous get those opportunities. And I just want to tell you that I was not one of them. Um, I had to grind from the very bottom all the way up to where I am today. And uh, in both fields, both law enforcement and comedy. But uh, I look back at those things and I say, you know what? I was able to do it. And uh, I, I would tell you the only thing that uh, if anybody said, well, what made, you think, what made you do that? Being consistent and just dedicated and not jumping around. And that's sometimes what I worry about with our some of the younger officers that come in. They see like, oh, there's a signing bonus over here. Well, maybe I'll go over there. Or this looks like it's grass greener on the other side. I encourage people to stay put and really dig some roots and because, that loyalty and, you know, not starting over at the bottom all the time and moving around, it, it can benefit you in the future. But, you know, people got to do what they got to do for themselves. Benny, lawyers want me to say a couple of things real quick. Uh, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, chancla is slang for a sandal that can also be used in case, you know, if mom ever takes a chancla off, it generally means you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, but also, your comedy is influenced by what you encounter on patrol or out there working in the community not necessarily 100% accurate. Is there one thing that you've used in your routine that was kind of the, just the weirdest, oddest situation that you encountered? Uh, yeah, I took a story about um, one of my good friends and I where we actually went up in the mountains on a bear call, and I turned it into a whole routine um, just because it um, it was so surreal. Like, I couldn't believe, you know, we're in here. Uh, my buddy Sam and I, we, this lady called 911 one night. She's like, there's a bear in my kitchen. There's a bear in my kitchen. And I was like, I was thinking, I'd be like, that's my problem, you know? Cause it's like, what am I going to do with the bear? And we ended up going up to this call. And in real life, um, the real story is we get there, we go through this bottom, like, French door leading into this bedroom. And this house is shaped like an upside down U. But we didn't realize the house didn't connect on the bottom because you had to go upstairs and get across to go back down to the other side. And when we went into this bedroom from the outside, the lady's like, it's bears in there. And I'm like, okay. And Sam's in there with a less than lethal shotgun, which is a beanbag shotgun. And we go into the house and we're now in the downstairs compartment. And we close the door behind us from the bedroom that we just entered from the outside. And I tell the lady, whatever you do, don't open the door. Well, we didn't realize that we had actually basically trapped ourselves the only way to get out of the house for us now was to go upstairs and out through the front door but we were now downstairs if that bear would have actually been downstairs with us we would have backed it into a corner and that's the last thing you want to do to a wild animal and while i'm standing there realizing that we're kind of in a bad situation my partner sam starts calling out he's like you bear 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 oh yeah good little bear and i'm like are you real and so we ended up searching this house, and thank God the bear was gone. Uh, but then I took that whole thing, and I turned it into the bear story, which you you can see me perform uh, online or anywhere. Um, 
it's been one of my favorite things because I'm able to take that life experience that not anybody else gets to go to and be on scene and in that situation. And I've been able to bring it to the stage where people can see a different side of me and what we, what we do and the fun that we have. Cause I got to tell you, I wouldn't have got and stayed in this job as long as I've stayed in it. If it really wasn't fun for going on those type of calls. And I think probably the best part of doing what I do is getting to work directly with the people that I get to work with. Cause we have a great time. Your partner's on your shift. It's like being in the military. You know, those are your comrades that you're, you know, working with and you're doing great things with. Anytime you're working with a group and you have an opportunity to do something special, it's always a great time. And it's that camaraderie that we share. I, my favorite line probably, Vinny, is, hey, Popo, I ain't no snitch. And folks, you got to come out and see him do that or visit, you know, check out his videos on YouTube. Visit VinnyMontez.com. Don't forget you can hire him to perform at uh, a fundraiser or just an uh, organization that you're having somewhere around the country, as long as it's probably, well, two minutes, Vinny, and I have a question. I saw that you were going to do a show in Wyoming. Interestingly enough, the guy that picked you up from the airport then ends up getting pulled over by the state troopers. Yeah, I think there's yeah, probably, pulled over. Yeah, by the trooper. <laughs> there's yep. some comedy gems there. Do you find that you have to adjust maybe your your sets based on where you are? So, for example, uh, and by the way, as a fellow Hispanic, Vinny, we need to have an intervention. I mean, seriously, Taco Bell, brother? No. <laughs> no. Pull over a taco truck. Just I know, man. I love that. But I, I love but tacos. I do. Do you have to adjust it? So, for example, you know, maybe in the heart of Wyoming, I don't know if there's a lot of Hispanics up there. Maybe there are. But, you know, if you're maybe speaking at the National Defense, Criminal Defense Attorneys Association, or do you just, you're Vinny and you're going to do Vinny? No, I think that's part of my job. Just like, you know, I think this is where the top world helps me in the comedy world, you know. Uh, there's a certain way to be when you're a cop uh, on the street. Like, you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit more assertive and a little bit, you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit more patient. It just depends on who you're dealing with, right? So it's my job as a comedian and professional to read the room and see who I'm performing for. Sometimes I need to be absolutely corporate clean because that's what I've been asked to do. And sometimes I have no restrictions put on me and it's like, let's go have a good time. So I think uh, my job is to make sure, I'll tell you what, sometimes I do jokes and they don't hit because... The crowd is just like there's something sensitive that's going on in the room that I might not be aware of. Mm. And so it's my job to pivot immediately and go to a route where they now aren't on board. And then sometimes people are like, was it the same material, exact same way? No, it's not. Sometimes I'll start completely different than I would because we're performing outside. I just did a show in uh, Minneapolis, just north of Minneapolis, Nanoka, Minnesota. And it was an outdoor show. And, you know, every like five minutes there'd be a motorcycle with big pipes going by. <laughs> And then an ambulance went by for like a minute, I, you know, the show stopping because you got kids running in front of me, you know, screaming out from the side because a kid found a worm or something like that. And he's like, oh you know, so you just have to learn. But I guess that's both of my worlds my whole life. You know, when we had, I was on vacation when we had the Marshall Flyer that flew right back that day um, to take over night shift operations. And so always having to be spontaneous and adjust, that's been my whole life. Thank you so much for sharing your time with our listeners today, and keep on practicing your craft. I look forward to hearing more from you. Okay. Folks, don't forget to visit VinnyMontez.com. Uh, lots of events coming up in cities where we have American Warrior Reader broadcast. Check that out. And, uh, Benny, thank you much. Stay safe. Thank you very much. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, all policies and procedures are remain in place. Take care. You've been listening to American Warrior Radio. Archived episodes may be found at AmericanWarriorRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform.